So Rob, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, joining me in this conversation. Um, I, I could introduce you, I could say a little bit about who you are and why we're having this conversation now, but it would be much better coming from you. So uh, fill us in on, on the background, your why you are where you are now, what got you there, what happened before that, your experience of church planting, a little bit about your relationship with Communitas, perhaps, and yeah. um, if you okay. just set the scene for the conversation. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Andrew. Um, it's really good to be able to do this with you and have a chat about things which are on both of our hearts. Um, well, I've kind of fallen into church planting, really. Um, I've never felt a particular, oh, you know, I God calling me into church planting or anything like that. I started off as... Um, well, I started off as an electronic engineer at one point, but um, ended up doing youth work and um, ended up working with Youth for Christ in Potter's Bar, just north of London. And um, that really brought me in contact with a bunch of people who started really asking questions about what church is and whether, you know, facing that challenge of, of the younger generation not being very interested in church, you know, what, what should churches be doing? How should we be thinking? The whole idea of youth congregation, you know, back in the in the 90s, early, early 2000s, all of that. Um, but I was still doing pretty, pretty traditional youth, youth work. Um, and then my wife, actually, Johanna, she's from Sweden, and we were doing all, we got married and we were doing all this in, in Potter's Bar, and we just felt that actually we needed a change. And that led us to exploring Sweden a bit, and I actually got a job. Uh, well, yeah, to, I was called to be part of a leadership team that was doing a church plant um, in in a particular area of a town called Trollhättan, um, and that's what got me into into church planting. I okay. really um, just felt that I wanted to uh, get alongside this this team of leaders um, and try to hear God's voice with them and and look at how to how to go about church planting. And uh, so, so just a quick question: that was all in Swedish, was it? Yeah. When, when did you learn Swedish? Well, I got there and I learned on the job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. but actually, that was actually a very okay. good. Yeah, thank you. It's not as difficult as people think. Um, but that actually, funnily enough, that, that was very good as a church planter because it meant that I had to look at the um, the place I was in a different way, if, you, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. That I wasn't yeah. coming to it assuming that I understood the culture. And I think a lot of a lot of um, the Swedes on the team, because they were Swedish, thought they understood things. And I coming in from the outside saw different things. Um, yeah. And and that, that really worked well. It also, because the area we were working in was a highly immigrant area, um, it gave me a good chance to make contacts there and to experience a little bit of what other immigrants um, were experiencing. Obviously, coming from England to Sweden is very different from coming from Iraq or Afghanistan or Somalia or wherever. But in many ways, there, was, there, there, were, there were those connection points which actually the Swedes on the team couldn't understand. Um, 
So anyway, so so that gave. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, mean, I wasn't expecting this, but I mean, it's a it's a it's a good illustration of the you know the relevance of cross cultural. The cross cultural component in church planting is worth giving some thought. And I mean, we'll yeah. probably sort of come back to that later because there's a cross cultural part to church planting in Bradford as well. I'm sure. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, I I would say there's there's a cross cultural part of any kind of church planting if mm. you're going from church culture to to whatever culture um and i think i i think that's something we all need to take much more seriously um but anyway so 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 that really was the beginning of the journey and it's a journey full of uh quite a bit of struggle and mistakes and just trying to find out uh ways of doing it and um the big realization for me um was that I needed to find out what God was calling, how God was calling me to do church planting, um, because we were working with models of a church planting at the time that didn't particularly fit my skill set. Right. Um, and and that that was a big a big challenge, and uh, part of part of the development there came with me coming in contact with other forms of church planting, other ways to do it, and suddenly realizing that actually, you know, even even an introvert like me could actually be used to start churches. And that's something that has I've held on to and I'm quite passionate about because I think there are loads of people out there who actually could um, be used much more in the process of planting churches or um, doing good discipleship, whatever you want to call it, um, but get overlooked because Mm. their particular skill set doesn't fit the models that are currently popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that also is an interesting cultural, uh, uh, I guess, psychological part to this, the difference between an extrovert church plant and an introvert church plant. I don't know if that's something to, to think about at some yeah. time. You yeah. you connected with um, Communitas while you were in Sweden. Was that was that part of this uh, explore, exploration process? Yeah, yeah. It, in in many ways, um, it actually came as, at, at the most painful part of the whole <laughs> at a whole time when I kind of hit um, hit the level of what I felt I could do with the church plant that I had gone over to lead. Yeah. And um, so in the end, uh, my wife and I felt it was right to hand it on to someone else and um, to to just step back from that. And one of the crises in that was the lack of support I found from the wider church. You know, um, I, I was involved with the Evangelical uh, Free Church of Sweden great bunch of people they do fantastic pastors gatherings and stuff but as a church planter going to these things um it was always hard to find those people who understood what we were grappling with in some ways they did but in other ways you know and often out of their their wanting to know they ask questions which at the time i felt as you know just questioning my whole existence (laughs) and well, just in terms of you know, if you're if you're a pastor of a church and you know you think the future is you know growing congregations bigger, 
then they have some serious questions about what you're doing if you're trying to start something new and they don't necessarily understand it. And um, yeah, and I found, I, I just found that difficult. I, I wanted to find a space where I could talk about, you know, what we were facing, what we were doing and have people go, you know, I've been there. Yeah. And that's what I found in Communitas, that meeting um, uh, Marcus and Karen, who were church planting in Gothenburg just down the road, um, just gave me a, a place to to uh, be refreshed, but also to to work through some of the questions. Um, yeah. And then obviously the wider Communitas uh, family as well, because it's it's amazing to connect with people throughout Europe, not just, you know, in Sweden or Britain or whatever. Yeah. To, yeah. to see the wider experience and find out that people, you know, people are trying all sorts of things all over the place, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's um, it, it's um, yeah, a sense of community uh, in this uh, is is important. Clearly, yeah. You moved back to the UK. What, that was a year or two back. When, when yeah, that was a year and a half ago. So yeah. <laughs> we had we had six months of normal life in the UK before COVID hit. Yeah. So we've had longer under COVID than we've had um, normally. Um, but that again came about because we just felt that it was time, it was time to, to try something new. Um, we've got three teenage boys um, and we felt we had the opportunity to give them an experience of another culture, which I think, I mean, I was brought up in Pakistan and I know how um, I feel I've benefited through that kind of exposure to to yeah. the culture. Also. Yeah, and I, I completely yeah. uh, uh, understand that we have a similar. Uh, so, despite it being tough, I mean, you know, um, the kids haven't found it particularly easy always. But I think it's it's uh, giving them a real a real uh, new taste of something. So, yeah. So okay. So you you move back to. Bradford, then you you get involved in uh, a local church plant. How did that come about? And I mean, what was the presumably that that sort of got underway before COVID and and everything being shut down? Well, did it? No, no. You see, um, we're trying to ch- start a church plant under COVID, very much so. Right. Um, but when we came back, you know, you do the normal thing of going around to different churches, seeing what's going on in Bradford, um, seeing. Uh, who who you connect with and who you feel kind of an affinity with and everything. Yeah. And the last place I thought we were going to end up was in an Anglican church, to be honest. Um, my my initial background has been Anglican, but then, you know, as an adult, I've always been in, in sort of more Baptist um, situations. But going to this local um, Anglican church, talking to the vicar, just even in the first Sunday we were there, without me having said anything about our background, apart from that we, we had moved from Sweden, he started talking about an idea he had to do some kind of outreach or church plant, do something new on a, on, on a nearby estate. And I was, I was kind of sold. I thought, wow, this is fantastic to, to be given the opportunity to, to work with, because he had already identified a few people within the church who were interested in that as well, to yeah. work with people. Um, and to be part of a team rather than you know being a lone ranger um, so so that's how it started and that was we we started going there in the November 
and then obviously things take time. Um, so, so in about February and stuff, we we had started having, or even earlier, we had started having kind of team team get-togethers about about church planting, you know, doing some of the vision casting and and things like that. Yeah, uh, and we were thinking about the possibility of having our first event or whatever um, at around Easter time. <laughs> And then, of course, yeah. COVID happened. And um, I think that's actually probably been quite a good thing for us. Um, I don't think we were ready. I don't think the group had gelled. Um, I don't. I think COVID has given us a chance to talk through some important stuff. Um, but that's how it's happened. Um, okay. So, so over the last year, it's been a matter of developing, a, a, a trying to develop a sort of shared sense of what you're going to do, what this, this church plant is going to look like. Yeah, yeah, going backwards and forwards over um, bringing together the different ideas people come to a church plant with and talking about um, different ways of church planting, different yeah. ideas of what even church is and trying to find a unifying way forward. Um, and I think that's... What, you know, what were the, what were, sorry, Rob, what, what were the challenges there? What were the, the, um, the issues that came up or the disagreements? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we've had many disagreements. It's just been that obviously people who are brought up in, in church and have an experience of the establishment um, see church in a particular way. You know, the Sunday gathering, the uh, Eucharist, the, the formality, you know, the form of the meeting is, is very important yeah. for them. Um, I come from a very different point of view that says that we need to try to have places of engagement with people. And that may be all together on a Sunday with some choruses and prayer, or it may not be. It doesn't. And I was trying to not be too prescriptive, but trying to get people to think and then reflect over the community that we were trying to reach and think, actually, what would work best, not for us, for them um so we talked about you know well what what is church at its core um do we need certain things and and some things were easy to give up and other things you know we're still stuck with um but uh, <laughs> we're regrettably stuck with or uh, i mean uh, potentially you know these are constructive and positive parts of the i think program. if 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 the team is on board with it, then I think, you know, they're going to be sold out for it and, you know, it can work. I I personally have my own, you know, as I said, I've got a, my own personality and I have my own particular favourite way I would like to see things happen. But I don't believe that there is any one way to do anything, um, mm. particularly not church planting. Um, and, and And therefore having raised these issues and discussed it to allow the group to think, well, actually, we're still going to stick with this or, okay, let's ditch that and do this instead has been, you know, fine from my point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually it's still a process um, again because of COVID, you know, we haven't been able to jump into the school building. We had wanted to have our gatherings Um so, so that part is still, you know, up for grabs, if you like. 
and things develop and change. So um, who knows what, uh, how we're going to engage in the end, like, you know, as a gathered community. But at the moment, the focus is very much on getting to know people, um, being, be, trying as far as possible to make connections with people um, that, that will develop into deeper friendships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's obviously difficult under the present circumstances. But um, I, I mean, I'm just wondering how much this you, you've sort of developed a, a sort of theoretical approach that needs to be then put into practice once uh, once we're allowed out to meet again. Uh, the, the, the sort of what's the relationship? Uh, what am I getting at here? the relationship between what you've been talking about so far and the particular context in which you you're going to plant a church or develop a community or whatever it is you're going to do because this is not just anywhere that you're doing it it's in a particular place how how are you dealing with the particular context how how does that come into the conversation well yeah absolutely and you know um we we as a team from St. James's have a very limited experience of life of most of the people on the estate, to be honest. And so yeah. traditionally, you know, we should be out there with clipboards or surveys or whatever, or or we should, you know, a number of us should move onto the estate and start, start living there. Um, neither of those two things have we done. Instead, we have actually made contact with um e- either some there are a couple of people within the within the group who have good experience of of that particular estate um and then we have contact with a couple of others who have recent, who have you know come to Christ and who are from the estate and we're therefore adapting a learning posture to those people with insight and mm. that is that is uh, you know that is a challenge for us who know the faith and are secure and mature and you know are natural leaders within a church setting to say to to others who might not have that same experience actually you can you teach us <laughs> yeah. yeah and and actually to genuinely listen to them rather than just doing a kind of pat on the back to make sure they stay with us does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, well, it makes it makes complete sense. It's another part of this, as what you were saying earlier. This the the, the various cross cultural tensions and yeah. challenges that, that that we face. And you, you can be aware of some and, and not of others. It's always possible. There's always these blind spots, and you, yeah. you we bring so much uh, such a, a great assumption in, into into what we're doing. And and one of them is this that sense of okay well we're, we're middle class and capable and therefore we are going to therefore we're going to do it this way yeah therefore we're going to do it this way and you will naturally sort of fit in with our way of thinking and I mean, that, that, yeah. that must affect this at so many different levels and, and to be willing to sort of flip that on its head uh so that it's not this uh yeah. patronizing thing that, that we do is yeah. a real challenge yeah and it i mean it, it's a challenge because it challenges what we have been taught in our churches 
I think, all too often in terms of outreach, that we have the answers. Yeah. We need to tell everyone else what the answer is. But actually, we're answering questions they haven't even started asking. Um, and and until we get into what are, what are people really asking and thinking about and, you know, what their life looks like, then we're going to keep missing um Missing the boat. Do, do you have any sense of, of you know already what that what those differences of perception are? I mean, what does life look like to someone? But this is sort of working class housing estate outside of Bradford. What does life look like? What are the questions that come up? What are? I mean, I, I mean, I yeah. guess there's you know so there's so much said uh, within the church and within wider society about social justice, for example, and a lot, a lot presumably a lot of those issues. Uh, are relevant in this context, issues of poverty and homelessness and um, yeah. ethnicity, how does that play into it? Drug abuse. Uh, is that, these are the sort of questions that, that you're thinking of? Yeah, and how to support people, you know, how to support people in that and with that. And um, again, resisting the temptation to go in there as, you know, um, some kind of non-governmental organisation and... Um, hand out solutions, yeah. but to really work alongside people to try to see, right, well, you know, what are your aspirations? You know, what is it that you would like to see happening? And how can we work together to, to do but, that? But you're also, sorry, I'm getting sort of too interested it. in this. <laughs> Excellent. Um, this is also about church. This is a church plant. Yes, you talk about sort of you know what are your aspirations how can we support you and so on what do you imagine church means in this context or how are people thinking what are people thinking about god is this is god just not part of their thinking um is that the assumption or i, I don't know i i think covid has um made people more aware of mortality more aware of the bigger picture mm. of life and you know so i think those sorts of questions the question of god and who is he and what is he like and things like that are more relevant than ever um but at the same time i think there there are trust issues um which you have to bridge before you get there yeah and i mean really it comes out of you know what is our theology um of God, what do we think that a church should be doing? Are we in the business of just saving souls? And as long as they're coming along to a meeting on Sunday, singing hallelujah, praying, and hopefully living a slightly better life during the week, is that what church is? Or actually, has God a deeper, more redemptive purpose in, in all of it, so that he's not just satisfied with saved souls, but transformed lives? and transform lives, transforming communities. Um, and that's an ongoing discussion within the group um, because we have, yeah, we have people who focus too much on one or the other. Um, and so hopefully we find a, you know, in the end we'll, we'll find the right balance. Um, I, I like that though. I, I like that uh, searching for the redemptive uh, purpose of God in this, and not assuming that we understand it or know it already. But I, it's then you've got a theology that emerges out of the the long term process, the long term engagement yeah. with the community. I, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, and 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 
the goal isn't just then to make sure we have a church at the end of it, although I think a lot of people will still say, well, we will have failed if there isn't a gathered community yeah. at the end of it. But actually, God is working with us as, as a team, as individuals, as much as him wanting to reach out to to bring new people into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So, so as um, instead of just seeing this as, oh, come on, you know, we've got to do this because God wants us to plant a church, you know, uh, I I hope that the rest of the team is also feeling this idea that that God is has privileged me with being involved in this work because He's trying to develop me and my relationship with Him as we go forward, um, and that gives me something more genuine to share with other people as well. And and that's true of the community as well as the individual. That's true of St Absolutely. James Church. Yeah. As uh, as much as of those individuals who who engage in this project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just one example of of, of that, which is really fun. Um, at Christmas, we we put out some Christmas trees on the estate, and um, we hung a few decorations on them. But we we put up a little sign saying, you know, um, feel free to decorate these trees, you know, to beautify your area. And this is a gift from St John's, uh, St James. And um, and some and we had these little knitted angels that um, older, predominantly women in the church knitted, and they were thrilled to be involved in something. And we put yeah. these these knitted angels out all over the place with a note saying, you know, please take this home, and you know, maybe a blessing to you. And actually, they were they were snapped up. I mean, they didn't hang around long on the trees and things. Oh, brilliant um, idea. But it also meant that, you know, we could say to, to people who are stuck at home due to COVID and all that, you know, you are involved in something. Um, just because COVID's happened, it doesn't mean that God can't use you. Mm. Um, and that was just a, that's just a small kind of, we didn't plan for that at all. But it had the effect that people thought, oh, you know, um, raise people's hopes, and they've been involved in, you know, putting together food parcels, and um, we've just done yeah. a brew pack, and ah, yeah. So, yeah, it, as as you said, it's involving um, not just the planting group; it's uh, hopefully, you know, involving church, the the, the larger congregation, um, and the community we're trying to yeah. I mean there, there, there must be some sense in which uh, you, this is part of how God is reforming or reforming the church at this time to deal with a very different world that's that's emerging and it's important then that those feedback loops work that that it's not just yeah. putting into the situation it's taking out we're learning from uh, that missional engagement I mean we, we talk so much about the the relationship between theology and the life and the practice and the mission of the church yeah. and, and that there's a sort of continual conversation going on uh, and not just taking our theology as some uh, blueprint for action and, and that's all we need to do with it yeah I mean it's yeah I, I not to sort of go back to the conversations that we've had on other occasions but you did mention the um, Tom Wright's um, five acts play quote, metaphor and this idea yeah. that okay we've got a, we've got a storyline that has brought us this far uh and, and now we are improvising creatively but faithfully improvising faithful improvisation time. yeah yeah these um 
the scene in the story in which we're at. Yeah, because we know where it's going to end. Yeah, we know where it's going to end. We've got we've we've got a trajectory. We've we've got a, a destination, and we're working out how. Yeah, what the path is that, that takes us at least in that direction, and and then yeah. dealing with the, the the things that come up along the way. Exactly, exactly. And that path isn't a isn't one size fits all. It's not just one path that you know here on this particular estate in Bradford has to be done on another estate in Bradford, or you know, um, let alone down where you are in London or in Edinburgh. Or there are a myriad of different forms of what it's going to be, I think, and pathways to connection. And one of the things I've, I guess I've learned is an appreciation for hearing about the different models and different ways of doing things without saying, okay, then we have to do it this way. But getting that balance between listening to to the different um, stories out there and then asking the question right god what is it that you want me to do mm. in this situation with the people i have around me reaching in to the people on this in this particular place it's not it's not an easy thing and i think sometimes you know we want the quick fit we want the McDonaldized, McDonaldized right. church, yeah, whatever the word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hang on, let me but just actually, look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> that's just, I think that's that's a, a fallacy, and you can go down that route, but I think the long term impact will be, yeah, will be limited. I think it's the story of the Bible as well. You know, people listening to God who is an active living God who speaks and works and being in cooperation with that with him rather than yeah okay here's this do it yeah unless of course he happens to give you the blueprints like he did to the tabernacle and the temple and you know obviously if God's given you that blueprint then go for it but that that's not what we see in the new testament though it it it, doesn't seem to be does it uh you you Paul or whoever comes into a situation, uh, a, a place with a, a, a message, and then you work out uh, in relationship to the Jews, in relationship to the Gentiles, to the Gentiles. what that, yeah. what are the implications of that? If you start being that or living that out or, or proclaiming that, it, it, it generates something, and then you have to yeah. work out well, how do we, uh, how do we create community out of that, around that? Um, yeah. And then that, that's that's what the new much of the New Testament is. It's Paul thinking through, or others thinking through the the challenges of, of living it out in a particular context. I think you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 the letters the letters are gentle correctives when they've you know missed something, yeah. if you like, um, but without them having started and tried and done something, we wouldn't need the correctives. Yeah. And so I think God is always asking us to to be walking and moving uh, while being aware of correctives coming in and thinking and being humble enough to take that. I, I think that's a, it's a helpful way of looking at it. Paul had a particular set of, of social 
problems that he needed to deal with. And the obvious one is, is the relationship between Jewish believers and Gentile believers, which is, yeah. is sort of his version of what you were talking about, the relationship between middle class believers and, uh, for want of a, a better classification, working class uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the long term unemployed, the underclass, whoever it is, so they, they, yeah. that we we label these people and, and the labels are not irrelevant, but you, somehow you've got to get beyond that. And, yes. and as you say, build trust, yeah. build relationships and and listen. Yeah. I mean, just just one one simple thing about it is uh, part of it is the whole thing about, you know, discipleship in a non-reading culture, for example, mm. you know, um, I come from a fairly conservative evangelical uh, intellectual background where, you know, you study the word and you look up different words in Greek and, you you know, in order to understand the word. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a million miles away from so many people, not just from the estate, but just in, in Britain, <laughs> uh, not to mention so many people, you know, from around the world. And therefore, that cannot be the only way to grow yeah. as in your discipleship and grow in, 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 your, in your Christian faith. My parents did a trip to Turkey, and I can't remember exactly where in Turkey it was, but they went to these caves where some of the earliest churches met. And there on the walls of these caves were just pictures of different stories of Jesus. And I hold on to that because... You know, church grew amazingly in those early periods yeah. with quite a simple um, understanding and, you know, and all of that. And I wonder sometimes if we haven't overcomplicated um, the whole discipleship stuff um, and the whole church planting stuff. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think it needs to be all these bells and whistles and um, all the rest of it. No, it's it's knitted angels on on Christmas trees around the place. It, it can be, it can be. I mean, you know, yeah. that happened to be something that might work. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, this sounds like um, this is a conversation that we're going to have in a, in a year or two. Uh, yeah, you, you pick up when people will ask to see the fruit of it. Process. Yeah, and what did you come up with there? Uh, in, in engaging, uh, how's it gone? How many people are now in your church in Ollerton? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to be the question. Very, very good. What a uh, sort of moving forwards a bit, and uh, sort of the draw, I draw, begin to draw this to a close. And I was wondering how you, what do you, you perceive your needs are uh, at, the, at the moment? Ooh, that's what, a very good question. What help do you need? If anything, maybe you don't. Maybe you feel you're the, the, the you know, the team is pretty self sufficient. But well, I, I mean. It, in some ways, yes. Um, I think in some ways it's quite good that we are just kind of sticking to ourselves and talking amongst ourselves quite a bit because there can be a temptation that other people's good ideas uh, come in and muddy the waters. But I think one of the things we used earlier on, and we'll probably come back to again, is um, the book The Dynamic Adventure, which is a communitas book which just really helped us to think through some of those crucial questions of, you know, what is church? How do you begin forming a team? Um, things like that, really, really practical without necessarily being prescriptive, uh, without saying, well, you know, 
you have to do it like this. You have to take 20 people from the mother church and start worshipping or whatever. Um, so things like that, inspiration like that, people who can come in and help us to reflect and help us to see those blind spots you talked about, I think are invaluable. And obviously, you know, prayer. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's, <laughs> I, I mean, the dynamic adventure, again, that, that's something, Rob, we, we should really um, talk about uh, a bit more on another on occasion as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I hear that point about whatever resources we use, if, if they're not thoroughly sort of integrated into the, you know, the heart of, of the whole enterprise, uh, if, then, then it's probably not. They're probably not going to be that useful. They, it, it needs to be mm-hmm. absorbed, assimilated, uh, and lived out within, you know, with integrity, spontaneously, naturally, organically, or whatever you want to say. I think, I think that that word you used was great. With integrity, um, I think sometimes you know we, we we put on shows, don't we? Um, because oh no, now we have to go and knock on a few doors. So I have to. I have to be my nice smiley self. Um, whereas actually, I th- I think people want us to to be real, um, to to have integrity and to actually be able to um, mm. live out what we say, you know, what we say we want we're trying to do, and and that takes an awful lot of humility because we we, we don't always you know we we may want to to do this but we don't always succeed, do we? As, as individuals and groups no it, it, it takes humility it takes practice uh it, it takes a lot of trial and error and uh having the the, the grace to uh, to fail i, I suppose and yeah. you know, genuinely fail in the eye in the eyes of others and yet still um believe and trust that, that god is in this exactly mm-hmm. and 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 within the team you know sort of allowing allowing others to make mistakes without sort of them burning their bridges yeah. Um, and I think that I think you know the whole forgiveness thing of the of, of the gospel story is huge now. You know, um, where we see sometimes in the news people's whole career being ruined because of something they've done fifteen years ago. Yeah. You know, we need to have communities where we work through the mistakes together and come out stronger and better. Yeah. Uh, and not just writing writing people off and and on a lot of estates you know people have been written off and and we need to be there with this message of of hope that you know okay um you're not written off um we're there for you and there's there's always a second chance and there's a third chance and a fourth chance and we're going to actually stick it out with you yeah. rather than go running in two years right well i mean that sounds like a, a good core to a, a theology of church party i think we should probably uh stop there for now to, to finish yeah. with that emphasis on grace and forgiveness that, that doesn't sound like a bad place to to end for now but I'd, I'd love to come back to this uh some point in the future and then hear how things have gone um because obviously yeah. this is this is a very early stage still and we're under these peculiar uh pandemic yeah. circumstances yeah. but rob thank yeah. you so much for talking about this whole experience and, and how you see uh, this developing it's been really helpful that's great I, I i was getting really animated here in my room you should have seen me my arms were being waving and all sorts so <laughs> thanks well unfortunately you weren't fun. banging the microphone around or knocking <laughs> no, <the microphone>. no. <laughs> I, I was i was getting animated and good. a very laid back good. rob way
way. <laughs> yes, that's right. In, in, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. Okay, well, well, thanks very much. Thank we'll uh, we'll pick yeah. this conversation up at, at a later stage. But I really appreciate you um, taking the time to talk. <laughs>